Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson. And I'm Jack McGee. We're bringing you the, the news tonight. <laughs> Do you know the name of the show? Nobody knows the name of the show. Do you know the name of the show, Jack? Uh, I don't even know your name. Who are you? <laughs> I, I, I believe it's that's called the... as Oh, as the stomach turns? What is it? <laughs> it's, it's the road taken. That one too. It's the road. When you come to the fork in the road, take it. <laughs> okay, see now, no one ever can remember because they say the road less traveled, the road, road not taken. taken. So I'm actually changing the name of the show and rebranding it on September 5th. Do you know Nicole Venables? Uh, I don't know if I know From Nicole. Studio City? Anyway, she, well, Stephanie might know. Slappy might know her. Yeah. She's my hairdresser. She's amazing. She does everybody. Okay. And so she has these great products. She has the Ruby Begonia Salon in Studio City. And she has, uh, and she did my hair. And I, I love Nicole so much. Mm -hmm. And she, um, her products are at um, friendsbeautysupply.com. And they're also at Ruby Begonia Salon. And you can get them there. And they're fantastic. And, uh, and I want to give a shout out to, um, to do, you, do you ever get stuff printed? Do you ever need business cards or stuff like that? Or, no, I don't. You, don't, you don't do that. That's not my department. No. I do the on-camera work. That's <laughs> all I do. not my Before when we were getting ready, Jack says, this is the part of the time when I would normally be in my dressing room. Right. <laughs> Talking about low budget. <laughs> the dressing room is my bedroom. Exactly. So, um, although that's not so bad. Right, well, but, you know. walls can talk. And your daughter's right here, too. Thank you very much. Is there enough trouble going around the world today? You could be a daddy in 15 minutes. Although, if you were, you'd probably get your own show and you'd have a reality show about it. There that you go. That would be a bad idea. That would not be terrible. Yeah. That, that's a way to get famous really fast, Samantha. Exactly. So behind the camera. Just ask Amorosa. Oh, my God. I saw her picture today. Somebody's doing, like, a show with her again. What, what is... I don't know what's going on. She's a dog. Do you know her? Oh, no, didn't, you, didn't, didn't, didn't uh, Mr. Uh, President Hump no. didn't he call her a dog? Yeah. I can't call him the president. I, I can't acknowledge that he's... Well, this is President Hump. He's... <laughs> yeah. the, yes, the, the loser of the free world. So anyway, so Rick Smolke, this is the guy. This is the guy. I can't, we can't talk about that, but he is like the greatest guy going. He is a totally philanthropic guy. He has a printing shop in Chicago called Quick Impressions. He has never charged a musician money to make their liner notes. That's the kind of guy he is. Any oh, artist, he's been supporting women who write since the day I started, sending all kinds of, of what is he's it called? responsible Swag. for this stuff? He is. Okay. He made, and you know why he made this? Because Mackenzie Phillips came with her book and we cried. And so somebody said, you should have Rick make us tissue boxes. He made us tissue boxes. How great is that? How great is that? Rick sounds like a nice friend. guy. He's the nicest guy. Great. So if you need stuff done, I mean, if you're going to give business to somebody, why not give them to the nice guy, the philanthropic guy, the good person, give it to him, and, and he'll take really good care of you. And what's the name of his company again? Quick Impressions. Quick Impressions out of Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> See, Rick, you got a commercial from Jack. Yeah. I have to pay him extra for that. Scale plus 10. <laughs> All right, so Jack. Yeah. All right, I, you know we're going to talk about the past, but I, I have to talk about the present because it's really mind blowing to me that I, I was telling you when you first came in that my daughter's entire dream in life is to be on Broadway. Yeah. Was that your, was that your dream? Was that ever your dream? Uh, not no, not a real dream. Okay. It, it was a uh, it was one of those things. Wow, it would be great someday to to do a Broadway show. Yeah. However, I I I. I, I I didn't never. I never really worked that. There are a lot of people in this business that they work really, really hard. You know, they uh, they do a lot of theater. Yeah. They are did you did you do theater? 
I did uh, the theater, uh, some of it uh, I, I did uh, early on. I did a lot of community theater when mm -hmm. I was I was back in New York. But uh, I, I will tell you, the only other time that I was on a, a Broadway stage, and we started to talk about this before, yeah. uh, and uh, I was I was eight years old. And uh, when I was eight years old, I I, I was a member of uh, what they called back then the PAL Police Athletic League. And, uh, Why? Was, were there police in your family? Well, cops in my family, but yeah. also the cops back then, the off-duty cops, yeah. would get, uh, found like a gym or some place to keep kids busy, give them something. Were to you do. like a juvenile delinquent? No, no. It, was, it was a different world. It okay. was, it, it, I was born and raised in the projects of the South Bronx mm -hmm. in, the, in, the, in the early to mid-50s. There wasn't any of that. But, uh, but just to keep us out of what There was so that. Well, not, not, not bad kids. Not, there may have been, but it, it was, the, the world wasn't as fast and no. as violent as it is today. That's the truth. And, uh, Although David Berkowitz be, went to high school with my brother at Columbus. Well, the, the Jews will always do that to you. <laughs> You know, those, those violent, violent jokes. Those violent uh, yeah. And what? So we have one bad summer. No, I apologize. You know, Michael Giordani wrote that movie. He wrote. Uh, oh, is that right? Summer Sam. And yeah. Bill Clark was uh, one of the executive producers on a show called. Uh, uh, it was mm. oh God, it was on for a thousand NYPD Blue. He was the executive producer and one of the head writers on there. He was actually the uh, uh, the uh, the lead detective that, that found uh, uh, Berkowitz at that time. So that's where his experience came from. At any rate, no, police he, athletically like for real, he keep was it up. No, I'm making it up. No, I meant not in the movie, like for, yeah, in real like life. In, yeah, like in real life. Yeah. And then he ended up on NYPD Blue. Well, he was a writer for them. He, his oh. experience brought him to that with, uh, wow. with David Milch and, uh, and Stephen Bochco. So, somebody can I get back to this story? Wait, somebody got very mad at me today for, leaving, for not talking about that as one of your friends. I'm getting very mad at you right now. <laughs> now you're not letting me finish this story. Finish this story. So, uh, you must have this happen to you a lot. Uh, so, I'm eight years old, and, and they, they uh, in the gym, they make an announcement. Anybody that can walk underneath this here, put a broomstick through a doorbell. Anybody can walk under here wants to make 300 bucks a week. So, we all ran. And, you know, and they put us up on stage. And as I remember this now, it's, so you just had to be short. How that was the well thing. They, they had to be a kid. How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? They wanted us to pronunciate. And the other thing they said, do you know a song? So by that time, I had been singing with the black guys in the hallways and the bathrooms for at least a couple of years already. So I, I thought, well, yeah, I, I know a few songs. And so I sang "Why Do Fools Fall in Love" by Frankie Lyman. And Let's hear a little. Long story short, not right now. Ooh, wow, ooh, wow, ooh, wow, Short, boom, round kid, through. So, so what happens is, I, I unbeknownst to myself, the, how this really the timeline went. About a couple of weeks later, I wound up being the finalist uh, to uh, of all the police athletic leagues, wherever they went to. I was the kid that they were sending down from the from the project to the uh, down to audition for uh, uh, the Music Man on Broadway with Robert Preston. No, it gets better, and don't interrupt me. <laughs> So my mom takes me down to the to this to the theater to the majestic theater down on Broadway, and all I remember is is walking in and just walking on this this stage. And now what I know is a work light, mm -hmm. and looking out at the enormity. As imagine an eight year old kid looking mm -hmm. at this stage, and there were five or six heads sitting out there. Mm -hmm. Well, there were bodies attached to them, but there were people <laughs> out there, and they they we. We, we uh, went over the dialogue uh, the, from the show. It was for the part of Winthrop. Uh, and then we also, we sang uh, East Side, East Side, West Side. They mm -hmm. wanted something that sounded like it could be a Broadway voice. So here's what, here's the deal. Mm -hmm. There were three of us down there. Mm -hmm. It was myself, 
There was Eddie Hodges. Of course, you know that. Who Eddie? Well, Eddie Hodges got the original. He got the original Broadway show, and he oh. went on to sing "High Hopes" with Frank Sinatra. Oops, there goes another. Oh, and my. he had a couple of other mild hits. He a boy got, from the Bronx? He no, no. I don't know where he was from. Uh, he was. He got the Broadway show, and there was another kid about three or four years younger than us that was running around, spent his day and a half. We were down there. And there was a little red-headed kid uh, younger than us by the name of Ron Howard. Oh, jeez. Now, so, so, so the story gets told. Uh, Eddie Wait, Hodges you're got, eight years old. Eddie Hodges got, I'll, I'll be 88 by the time I finish <laughs> with this story. So I was eight <laughs> years old, uh, and, and, and uh, Eddie Hodges gets the, uh, gets the Broadway show. Mm -hmm. Ron Howard did not get the Broadway show because he was young. He became that character in the movie, The Music Man which became the Opie character. And that's the story I tell. And then I went back to the Bronx. <laughs> Wait, so that's that the, Opie that, is that's born the, from that's that? That's the story. Well, that's the character. If you look at Winthrop in yeah. The Music Man, that's exactly the character. So long story short, here we go. Uh, my wife and I are back in, uh, in, uh, in Woodstock, New York, because we've mm -hmm. been romancing the next chapter of our lives. She wants to go. I don't know how to say no to her. All right, you want to go? We have to have property. You have to have property. Maybe we have friends back in Woodstock. We visited there. We loved it back there. Mm. We're going back to look at houses. About two days before we're going back to look at houses last September, uh, the agent calls and said, they, they'd like to see you for the Iceman coming. Initially, I thought to myself, what the hell is the Iceman coming? Because I wasn't familiar with it, you know? And so, long story short, I, I said, okay, uh, she, said, she said to me, uh, uh, the, uh, maybe you can put yourself on tape, self-tape, because they're only seeing people back in New York next Thursday. I said, well, I'm, I'm going to be in New York next Thursday. So, long story short, that's Is, is this the first time you called for a Broadway show? Oh, first time ever. I, I, don't, do, I don't do much theater. Because you know when you when you have when you're a film and TV guy, mm -hmm. uh, they know they're not going to you don't make a lot of money in theaters, right. so they're not they're not they're but not as people are bleeding to, over now. Uh, yeah, they are. They are, and people bleed over from. I I originally thought that some of the people I've seen in some of these incredible TV series were these guys they just found, but then I found out when I'm back to New York and got involved with in the theater world mm -hmm. that these guys have been Broadway actors for not years, and some of them are young. Uh, so long story short. That's that's how that that came to be. Well, what made them call you for that? Why why the Iceman comic? Why now? I, I, I you know I, I don't know, I don't know because okay, uh, they, they, they they just said they they they'd like to see you for it, and I didn't question it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and once once we get it, we get into the the pro I don't know because there are the, the other actors there are other seven, 17 or eighteen other actors and actresses in it mm -hmm. that were all monsters mm -hmm. of theater back. So initially, when I when I uh, went back, I mm -hmm. I thought to myself, oh, I hope I can hold my own. <laughs> but it, it wasn't it wasn't long a week or two into it. I said, okay, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had did a, you have to read? I did. I, I put uh, well. I was back in New York. I I, I went and met with George C. Wolf, mm -hmm. and and I read for him. And mm -hmm. I thought it went okay. Mm -hmm. And then that night, uh, uh, because I was supposed to be in Woodstock, I asked my sister Pat and my brother Bill if we could meet in the city so I could see them while I was in. Because we were only going for four days to look at houses. I wasn't going to see any family. Mm -hmm. So they come down, and while we were having dinner the night of the, the, that I auditioned. My agent called and said they really, really liked you and they wanted to uh, make sure that you're still interested in blah, 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 this and that. 
and then I didn't hear anything until just before Christmas. Uh, and then uh, Wait, how, how long between from, from the end of September oh. end of September mm -hmm. until God, that, there were phone calls made uh, mm -hmm. He's still in the mix. He's still in the mix. Mm -hmm. So I, I just you know once I do something this was exciting But once I do something I try to put it out of my head because I don't want to give it too much power because then uh, I don't want to rent it space in my head uh, and obviously free. they told you it was Denzel who was gonna be well We, we knew you yeah, knew we, yeah, we knew it was gonna be but yeah. that's that Regardless of that, it was uh, it was it was a, an area that I had and uh, in, in a, a, a group of, of uh, actors that I, I I certainly didn't I didn't I didn't think I don't think I uh, was doubting myself. Mm -hmm. I just like whoa, this is now all right. This is be careful about what you ask for. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know if I always asked for it to, to get right back to answer your question. Mm -hmm. It was never in my wheelhouse. I didn't say man that's because there are a lot of guys and girls that are out here in this business that work really hard at theater. Mm -hmm. And they do showcase it, and they do a small theater all over the place with a chance that maybe somebody gets to see them. And I was never like that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but the, it, the, that, that's kind of the way it, uh, kind of the way it happened. And, uh, and here's the really odd part about it. We did seven weeks of rehearsal in, in, this, in the rehearsal studio. Mm -hmm. And I was living about five blocks from the, uh, from the, the rehearsal space. Mm -hmm. So I would walk by the the the, uh, the Jacobs Theater where Iceman was done. Mm -hmm. uh, it's on Forty Fifth Street. Mm -hmm. The Majestic is on Forty Fourth. Mm -hmm. I don't remember when I was eight years old ever walking into a lobby of a theater. I remember kind of coming backstage through a door. That, mm -hmm. That's the only. Not that I thought about when it you were eight. Yeah, but yeah. I certainly don't remember ever coming into the lobby. They wouldn't let you in there. Now that I've done a Broadway show, you nobody ever goes in through the through the front through the lobby. They always go through the service entrance. Right. That's where it is. So, all the guys in, in the show said, "Don't you don't go into the theater until we go into the theater to, to rehearse." So I said, "Okay." So I I walk by and I peek in the lobby. <laughs> I'd see the I'd see the uh, the marquee and mm -hmm. stuff. And it was it was uh, pretty fun. So the day that I walked into the uh, uh, went to go to the theater. I looked in the lobby and I remembered, they said, you don't go through the lobby, there's mm -hmm. another entrance, which is like a, a service entrance. Right. And, it, and it, was, it was maybe around 10, 15 foot wide, and it was really long. And as soon as I walked in to that, that the day, the first day we were rehearsing in the theater, as soon as I walked into that alley, I felt something, I felt my mother, mm -hmm. for some reason, my mm -hmm. mom's been gone a long time. I felt my mother and then, and then I, uh, I, 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 as I was walking down, I look up, and when I looked up at the end, at the end of the the alley, when the doors either go left or right, uh, there was there was there was a painted on the wall, the majestic, and the Jacobs. So, sixty one years later, I had walked that sixty one years prior to that, and never been on a Broadway stage. Uh, before since. Or, or since then, mm -hmm. I walked down that alley to start rehearsing for a Broadway show in the, the theater right next door to where my mother had walked me down that alley. It was really, really you overwhelming. Ju you just gave me goosebumps. That, it was that's... overwhelming. I was blubbering like a fool. And uh, so that, that, that experience, so to, to answer your question, was it something that I dreamt about? I don't, I don't know if I dreamt about it, but it'd be cool if they just come over So here. when you're eight, that, that, that experience happens because your mom takes you? Is that 
Well, no, with a cop. The co it happened. Yeah. My mom just happened to say they'd like to see him. The, the police ethically, they mm -hmm. got in touch with because everybody. It was a community place. They said, yeah, they want they want to see you. The, the producer, I guess, got in touch with my mom and said, can you bring him down to the Majestic Theater on a certain day? And that was when I was eight years old. And, and never in certain. And every time I've been to New York, I used to walk by the Majestic Theater. I said, yeah, that's where. You know, I, I, I remember that. And sure enough, the same the same exact alleyway. I had walked down 61 years before. That's just, I love that. That's, that's not it's pretty, an accident. That's not an I guess not. No, no I guess I, not. I, I, and it was, uh, it was, it was an incredible, incredible. That's like that, yeah. that's that payoff of that day when Opie and the other guy got the. Well, whatever. Yeah, now you know, and, and just, you know, and, and, and it was just, it, it just presented itself. I, and the I, fact I, that you felt your mother before you saw that. Oh right? my gosh. Right? You felt yeah. up before you saw yeah. that, made that connection. I, well, I, 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 oh. knew, I felt when I walked down that alley, and mm -hmm. then I walked down and I looked up, and I says, and then I realized, because then I made the left to go and, and, and down past one theater, and then there was the door to the Majestic Theater, and there was the door to the Jacobs Theater, literally within 10 feet of each other. And there wasn't and a Jacobs that must have Theater been, in the old It was days. the Royale. Right, theater. okay. But this was the Jacobs Theater, right. but it was right next to it. So I had been down that path 60 down that alley 61 years, at least once with my, and the only time with my mom. And then to walk in there, uh, it was it was pretty amazing stuff. So you said you did community, you know, I did, I used to do community theater in the Bronx. I used to do the Bronx House. I used to do shows there. Do you remember the Bronx House? I do not. It was on Pelham Parkway. That's oh, okay. where the Jews lived. I right. lived where the Jews lived. Yeah, Jews um, live everywhere. So, so. They've been on the run for so long, but they live everywhere. <laughs> So you're younger than eight. You've done school plays? What? No, didn't do any. Oh, no. I, I think in, in grammar school we did St. Patrick's Day Parade. They have us dancing around. But no, I, I hadn't done anything. My the only thing I experienced I have with entertaining was uh, was uh, singing with the black guys in the hallways and the bathrooms. Okay, so from, from eight years old and not getting that role, what, what happens after that? Because you, oh, you don't end up life. doing like a show biz thing until later. Oh, no, no, I didn't know. It was just a thing. I said, okay, that was great. Never really thought much about it. But you, but but you continue to do community theater and stuff. You well, said, I didn't right? do that till later on. Oh, oh. I did that when I went to, uh, I didn't do anything during high school other than I had oh. a couple of little bands. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you uh, were doing rock bands. Yeah, but the, yeah, rock and roll bands. They were yeah. the, uh, 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 pop stuff or um, the, young, the Young Rascals or the, or, uh, the uh, Love and Spoonful, mm -hmm. uh, Crosby Still, that kind of stuff. Right. Playing, just playing in local high school, high school proms and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I went to school uh, for only six months uh, out in Santa Fe, New Mexico in 1967 that I, uh, I, I got involved with a couple of uh, uh, productions out there in uh, the Greer Garson Theater. What, what what were you going to school for? What was your? Oh, I didn't know I was going to school for. What do you know when you're 18 years old? <laughs> you get a chance to go from the South Bronx out to. Had it now? Why did you pick New Mexico? Because the only school that accepted me. It's the only one except nobody. Because I didn't do it. I was the president of the student body of an old boys Catholic high school, mm -hmm. Cardinal Hayes High School. Mm -hmm. Four thousand guys. The guy that I ran against for president of the school was a guy named Bill Lennox. We were both. Oh, you remember all these We were names. both football players. Oh, because I still see these guys all oh, the time. Nice. We were both football players. The mm -hmm. only difference is that Bill Lennox uh, went on to be third in his class at West Point, and he ran West Point for thirty-five years. Oh my! I beat him out for president of the school. Now, <laughs> me, on the other hand, when it came to graduation day, 
I had to walk down the aisle of St. Patrick's Cathedral and get a certificate of attendance because as the <laughs> president of the school, I failed French in my last year and had to go to summer school. Now, it worked out well because I met this beautiful girl named Johnny Renee Viscubic, and I never had met a girl with three names before. So, summer school was the way it was. So, when you say, how many other schools were asking for you? None. It was it. It was from the South Bronx out to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And... Uh, uh, and I only lasted six months there because I I, wouldn't, I couldn't pay attention to anything. Like mm -hmm. I said, it was there was like things going on outside the window, <laughs> and I knew there was a party that night, and I knew there was a couple of girls in the next class, so I didn't concentrate much. But I did do three plays. I okay. did uh, the Misanthrope, I and uh, and nobody loves an albatross, and I forget one other thing. So I did a lot in six months. The only thing I didn't do was go to class. <laughs> and they, they kind of want you to go to class. You know? So, so, I didn't you, last so you have like a love of theater though, because you're doing you're I doing the play. entertainment business, but I didn't I didn't that was my first exposure to it. Okay. And it wasn't until after I come back from, from there, after I uh, uh, finished up my college education for uh, for six months in, in uh, the Santa Fe. And I came back and I started working in construction. My brothers were cops and firemen, mm -hmm. so on their days off they would work tying steel together. Mm -hmm. And I worked on uh, I worked on some pretty great stuff. The the nuclear reactor up in Indian Point, New York, on the Hudson, as a, uh, in construction. Then also the uh, uh, I worked uh, for five months on the World Trade Center, wow. tying steel on the World Trade Center. Wow. So I got to do a lot of uh, manual labor jobs. And was that uh, something you? How did you feel about that? Well, it was a job. Was, I didn't want to work at all. I yeah. thought, you know, I, I, I didn't... Are you work. getting high? Are you, are you getting loaded in those no, days? I no, I don't think so, no. Because no. I was young. I was 19, 20 years old. My brothers were there. My brothers would drive there. We'd go to work. It was, you know... It, it, it's, it's what you did. Yeah, it's what I did, you know, and then and and, uh, and and I followed rock and roll bands and local rock and roll bands uh, sometimes uh, uh, during those years. But it wasn't until the, till the, uh, the fire department came along how that happen? Yeah. Well, uh, well, as a co as as an Irish Catholic from the mm -hmm. Bronx, everybody takes the civil service exam. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a way to have a steady job, steady paycheck, pensions, time off. And so I had taken the exam, and then uh, I had forgotten about it. And then, as it turned out, uh, about three years later, after the exam was up, wow. they had gotten up to my number. Wow! Uh, X amount of guys they mm -hmm. took. A lot of guys took took the mm -hmm. test. And so I, I went on the fire department when I was twenty eight years old. So it went on a little bit later than, than most uh, than most guys go on. Usually they go on when they're younger, but this was a list that had been extended for a long time. So I went on the uh, on the fire department. Once the fire department came along, I had been doing some community theater up in Brookfield, Connecticut, uh -huh. with my brother Bill. Mm -hmm. uh, as I said, funny girl. Uh, oh yeah, tell us tell a story. Starlight Seventeen. Well, my brother my brother Bill and I. Uh, uh, a friend of mine took a flyer off of a windshield that was in, in the local shopping center and they said that there was a new community theater that was going to do a production of Funny Girl. And my brother Bill and I had, uh, had the, the only first Broadway show we ever saw, my brother Tom took us to, was to see Barbara Streisand and Funny Girl, so we loved it. And so we both went over and said, yeah, let's go over and let's see what this is all about. And he wound up getting the, the lead role and I wound up getting the second lead in it. So we started doing some... Uh, some local theater. Was, was your father or mother musical? Like, where, where, did it, where did this come from? Where did this entertainment, your parents weren't? My um, dad liked to sing, but my mm -hmm. dad, uh, when he was, was a professional baseball player uh, in the 20s and 30s. My dad played and caught uh, guys like Satchel Paige and, and Dizzy Dean. But, uh, you know, it, it was, wow. he could never really, my mom used to say to him, you're never going to be able to hit the curveball, you got to get a job. 
because he played for 13 years, but mm -hmm. you know, in, in the minors. But uh, mm -hmm. he did a bunch of different jobs. He, he provided, uh, we were talking about this on the English debate, mm -hmm. and all eight of us mm -hmm. on our different birth certificates, he had a different uh, occupation each time. So mm -hmm. now either he was running away from the law, or he just had a struggle to make a living. Whether it be a longshoreman, whether it was a plumber at one point, whether he now was this is after person. he was playing ball. Oh, this is after he during and after he was finished playing. Ball. Uh -huh. Yeah, because I was born in '49. Mm -hmm. Youngest of eight. My dad, my dad was. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think my dad may have been 42 by mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. But uh, just, uh, just you know, the the, uh, the the opportunity arose where I I, I knew that when I I loved being on doing productions. Not so much always the performance end of it, but I like being around all these creative people, mm -hmm. building sets, doing this, seeing half-naked girl, all this kind of <laughs> grab ass and having fun backstage, creating, painting this stuff up, seeing how much hoopla, and getting a great appreciation for everybody that puts on a production, mm -hmm. you know? And that's that, that love of it's always been there and it carried over to TV and film, because mm -hmm. uh, I've been very, very fortunate. Um, well, your your IMDb is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I get scro I get scrolling cramp when I start going down. Yeah, your IMDb. I think there's medication for that. <laughs> I'm not allowed to take it. No, you're not. Um, no. Um, look at how long I'm still scrolling. I've been scrolling this whole time. Scrolling. I mean, look, 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 look how long I'm scrolling. I'm still scrolling. I mean, okay, so Turk 182. First what film ever. Oh, as right. my family referred to it as Jerk 182. <laughs> Okay, but wait, so now you're in the fire department, yeah. now, and, and what is that life like for you? Oh, it was great. You know, really? Like, yeah, was it scary? Yeah, sometimes it was Holy scary. Holy shit, you're running into fire, you're not Well, but you get prepared, you're helping people out, you're doing, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a very, very satisfying job. Did you save, like, cats and babies and stuff? Oh, all the time. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, cats and babies, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. You do it in the Oh yeah, 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 and they know they know they're gonna run my plays around mm -hmm. after a while, but uh, it was it was a great job. It really gives you, uh, it gives you a, a sense of what reality is. Mm -hmm. You know, you come out here after being on the fire department, and you'll have somebody saying from behind the camera, "Well, try to find the real moment, dear." <laughs> you know, the real moment. Uh, maybe would that be something like when I had uh, about six years ago had a cut. Cut six dead young kids out of a car, and the only way you could tell who they were is by the clothes they were in, because they were just cut and shredded to pieces. It was just something like that, you know. So it's, they, it's it, it was a, it was one of the it was the greatest job in the world. It allowed me to pursue my dream. Okay, so how did that happen? Well, the fire department was there. I I uh, I I, I uh, had a lot of time. We had the time off. Yeah. And, well, because you can you can make your own hours. Oh. Their schedule was you'd work eight eight twenty four hour shifts a month. Twenty four hours. Yeah. Well, but you can sleep. But you can sleep. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. You, you get to rest, but you work eight twenty four hour shifts, and wow. in between that, you get three days off. So wow. I never missed an audition. Once I started when I involved in, uh, in, in moved into the Bronx, back mm -hmm. to the Bronx and Throx and that, mm -hmm. I was able to go into the city to find a scene study class that would do showcases. I found one. And I, uh, and well, I, okay, so what made you, what made you take that leap back in there? What, well, I had, been, I, had been, I had been, I had been exploring it up at uh, Fairfield University while I was still up north. Uh -huh. I was chasing, I was chasing a couple of girls. <laughs> That's the, the only acting class I ever took, because I was chasing a skirt. And it, it, well, most of the time it worked out. 
but I, when I, uh, when I uh, moved back in, into New York, mm -hmm. I, 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 remember I used to see on TV, I think I could do that. I think I, but I didn't know how to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Once I so you, what you wanted was TV. You you had I your sights set. I wanted something. I wanted you know. I wanted to you know. I, I think we all wanted. I don't know. You know. I still I'm still not sure. I knew that when when I I knew there had to be lead work involved in doing mm -hmm. going down, getting involved in a scene, studying a group, and then getting a showcase. Getting then I, the business end of it takes over, and and getting somebody to come and see it. Mm -hmm. So I I, I, you I learned was, how to do that. I learned how to do that. Yeah, I learned how to put a showcase together with only with uh, with. Uh, Six actors, mm -hmm. I mean six actors, and they got a partner. Mm -hmm. So that meant there were six scenes, and do it on a Monday night, and, and make those scenes no longer than 10 minutes. This way you didn't have people waiting around a long time to come and see you. Do it on a Monday night, which is a quiet night. Rather than us do all the lighting and, 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 and pulling curtains and, 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 and being on book for, mm -hmm. for stuff, I, would, I, uh, I, I got a few more dollars from each person. And I said, let's hire a lighting person. Mm -hmm. Let's hire somebody to do this so we can concentrate on the work. Nice. And let's also rent at that time. You could rent the limousine for the night for a wow. hundred for a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. And let whoever the ever whatever agents confirmed that they would come, let them know we would pick them up and bring them there and get them back. This is very smart, Samantha. And it was just I, I don't know smart. if it's still done, but I that was that's very the way smart. it was done. And I and I handpicked the the actors that I knew had. Uh, not, not so much the levels of, of uh, ability, mm -hmm. but the levels of commitment, and they were mm -hmm. working. Mm -hmm. So I handpicked those. Mm -hmm. And then once I did that first uh, showcase... How old are you at this time? Uh, 26, 27. Mm -hmm. And once, once I did that, uh, and then uh, the first showcase I did, I wound up getting representation. So that was, that was you know, for commercials. Okay, so how did you know... How did you know you're just this guy? How did you know what agents to approach? Like, how did you get that agent? Into well, there were lists of them. There were lists of people. Mm -hmm. You would ask if you have if you have fifteen or, or fifteen people. You say, "Hey, uh, Sam, do you know somebody? Do you, hey, Vicky, do you, who do you know? Do you know? Do you think you can get a commitment?" And thinking that if we got a commitment from six or seven people, locked in commitment, mm -hmm. that you knew that there was a shot. That if, you know, because I think agents. Agents shouldn't have to sit through uh, a full one-act play. Uh, you can, but a full, uh, uh, certainly a full play, a full one-act play, because I think they know within 10 yes, minutes yes. if there's something you have that they like. And that's where, that's where it became important for me to have the other people, the other actors and actresses in, mm -hmm. with, that were involved with us to make sure that they were committed and make sure they rehearsed the hell out of this stuff and made it as good as it could be mm -hmm. because this was an opportunity to really get, some, get somewhere and get to, to whatever the level was uh, to at least get some representation. This is a re I really like this idea. Of and that's also a long time ago. Short. Yeah, but it still makes sense. Well, to, the longer, the shorter you make them sit there, the better, because they do know well, right away. And then not only that, see, it was a different world because mm -hmm. nowadays you can do what we're doing here now. Right. You can set it up. You can shoot it and boom. You can shoot it up to somebody. You don't have to get them to come in that's true. and see you. Uh, that's true. You know, that's the. the it, it was a different world back that's then. True. You didn't have that. Uh, the the, the, the the quick communication you couldn't send this out now they don't even use they don't even use headshots anymore they just, they just send your link you know you send your link out and they send it out and the resume is all right there and, mm -hmm. and it, uh, it's and, and, and they'll, they'll send out a reel you know so back then you'd have to get somebody and have a, a, a cassette 
and see if they could, you could come down and bring that. Back you know, in the old days, there were these little things called well, sets. No, this, oh. this I'm talking about the VHS. Oh, you well, know, this yeah. is yeah. It was <laughs> now you look back, it's it's pretty prehistoric. But that was the uh, that was the only way. Or you could get somebody to, to try to come and see you in, in a showcase, and that was. Uh, that was the way. It okay, so started. so you have the so you have a showcase. You get a commercial agent. Do you do you, do you start getting auditions? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was fortunate enough that uh, the agent told me now don't be disappointed uh, if if you don't get your first uh, uh, job or uh, your first uh, commercial spot mm -hmm. until we used to have maybe fifty or sixty auditions. Mm -hmm. For some reason or other, that didn't happen with me because by the time I had had about twenty auditions, I had four national spots running. Now that now here's the good news that was terrific oh and it was fun to go to the mailbox because you were making some dough. No but shit. two years later, mm. I was doing the same thing, going down and doing, and nothing happened. So mm. I just happened to hit a hot street, and that's the nature of the beast in this business. Mm. I've been doing this for for a long time now, and I'm, I'm very grateful. But I, I go back Peace to the, the movie The Fighter. Mm -hmm. The Fighter was oh yeah, The Fighter was nominated. Yeah, this great man, man, this is gonna be the hand of it. Didn't, the phone didn't ring for six months, but that's okay. I, as long as you know that that's going to happen, don't count on that. You know this. Okay, so but are you it, when when it happens and you're going through those lulls? Yeah. Do you ever question? Oh my God, am I ever going to work again? Or do you know? Do you do you just accept? All right, this is just another one of those. Well, that comes into your head. You know, mm -hmm. I just I just get you know, finished doing doing a, a Broadway show. And I got there's a great story because I did a little job right afterwards. My, the, my agent calls me and says, hey, I got you a job. I wanted to tell her, first of all, you get the appointment, I get the job. But she knows I was kidding with her. And so, so I said, oh, yeah, great. So it's not much money, but blah, 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 something to do first time back. So, okay, great. So two weeks before that, I'm, I'm starring or co-starring on Broadway. And I go and do this job, mm -hmm. and I'm number 80 on the call sheet. Number 80. And I. After I you kept just it. got after but you I just. But I kept it because I was thrilled to. It's, it's, it's kind of the way the business is. And I don't know if. Uh, I, my wife and I, we've been talking about this for the last uh, uh, week or so. I'm saying, what, what am I now? Is that because I've done the Broadway show? I'm, I'm, I, do I feel comfortable with saying that I'm retired? What? Well, because guys that are my age and they've been around for a while, they say, I'm a, yeah, I'm retired till the next job comes yeah. on. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, stress about it at all. Mm -hmm. I've been very fortunate. Uh, you have a very long IMDb that yeah. I'm guessing you get a lot of residual checks. Yeah, and, and you know what, and, and the truth is, uh, that's, that's the saving grace. The residuals can, can uh, come in sometimes at uh, a, a really, really nice paycheck, mm -hmm. and sometimes they come in at four cents. Right. But that's the nature of the beast. But if you get enough of them between four cents and X amount of dollars, that pretty much pays you not. And then also I've been working long enough that I have, you know, the, my pension. I took the pension early. I'm 69 years old, so now I, I collect Social Security. And uh, we've made, you know, we've made some investments. Uh, uh, the life change for me in the last 23 years has, has warranted me being able to put some dough aside and put and I know we, I, we have a really, really great, really good life. Well, I watch and, it on Facebook um, and, and I love, all right, so let's talk about that life a little bit and get off the business for a minute. We'll come back to it. So 
tw you just said you have 23 years where you, okay, so, so what happened 23 years ago? Oh, I checked myself into, into a recovery center. What, why? Because uh, I didn't know if I was a man or a woman. What do you mean, why? <laughs> I mean, what because was your bottom? What happened? What, what, made you, what made you get sober? I mean, you didn't just say... I had dabbled around in, in 88 uh, after having a heart attack from using cocaine and drinking alcohol. And uh, oh. went in for a short while. I liked the rooms, liked everything that was going on there. <laughs> yeah. But then I, I didn't commit. Mm -hmm. So there was three or four years where everything was okay, and then it got a little bit uh, dicey uh, towards the end. And uh, for some reason or other, on uh, July the 7th, uh, actually July 5th, 1995, mm -hmm. I was outside in front of Molly Malone's on mm -hmm. Fairfax and Six, mm -hmm. waiting for Chewy, the dealer, to come by. Chewy. And a friend of mine, <laughs> I think that's what his name was, and a friend of mine came by uh, at three in the morning, and mm -hmm. uh, my friend Tony, mm -hmm. and he threw his hands up, and he said to me, uh, well, when, when, when are you gonna stop? And I just remember he did that shuffle, mm -hmm. and he said, man, you look like shit. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, you should see what it looks like from in here. And it was done. Okay, so now we. Two days later, yeah. I checked myself into a recovery center, and the obsession is was left. I just got lucky. I just think the guy upstairs, wherever he's been looking at me, said, "I got another plan for you." What was your drug of choice? Uh, anything that you had. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cocaine was was mm -hmm. uh, was my higher power. Mm -hmm. uh, but anything anything you had. But you didn't start using early. You were or no, I was a late like, bloomer. Uh huh. I was a late bloomer. I mean, I knocked around when I was, as a kid. Yeah. You know, hey, let's kids from the city going to spend a summer up in a couple of shacks up in near Brewster, New York. Hey, let's go camping. Yeah, a couple of uh, a couple of beers and uh, but nothing. It escalated uh, mm -hmm. when I uh, when I moved back into the city. When I went on the fire department, it started to it started to uh, progress. And Somebody then, asked if you were in the New York if you were in the uh, New York Fire Department. Yeah, the Bronx. Yeah. New York City Fire Department. Yeah, somebody just Engine 38 that. in the... Uh... Do you know Dan Navarro? Because he's talking here. Do you know Dan Navarro? He, you must. Is he a musician? He is. He, Lowen and Navarro. Oh, he, he, yeah, he, Navarro. He, he did the song, um, We Belong. The yeah, 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 song. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've he, been in a couple of functions with yeah. him. One in Chicago and yeah. He's in, he's in the subway in New York and he's saying that he can't get a signal. So he's going up to watch. Oh, great. <laughs> Hi, Danny boy. Hi, Danny. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so, hi, John Hartnett. I love him. He's so funny. So, so in the fire department, I assume that people drink. Well, okay, yeah, right? people in the world drink. People in the world drink. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very ironic about the whole rescue me thing while you're sober, but we're going to get to that. Yeah. Um, my, in my top three shows of all time with Breaking Bad and, and The Sopranos, mm -hmm. it is... I think I've told you this before, my favorite scene in Rescue Me, not one of your scenes, I'm sorry, but you are so brilliant in that show. Everybody, so every, there was not one moment in that show that was not real and true and mm. perfect to me. Mm. But there's a scene, and the reason that I love this one the best is because I related, there's a scene when Dennis is, he finally learns how to pray and he's calling his sponsor and he's standing outside a bar and he wants oh, to go in the bar. Yeah. And he calls his sponsor, and his sponsor talks him Bobby off the Burke. ledge. With the and actor this, Bobby Burke. Okay, so now they pull the, the camera pulls back, and the sponsor is standing outside of the bar, looking in the window, yeah. and it's like that is what we that's who we right. are. That's, that's who, the that's, whole that's, thing. That's when when the call comes, you never know if you're going to be helping somebody else.
Yeah. I mean, that, that, and to me, that is who we are, what it's about, how we stay yeah. sober. That yeah. was everything right there. Yeah. Okay, so, so you're in the fire department, you're, you're drinking. Now you, be, you get into show business. Is it, a, is it affecting your career or no? Oh, like, I think alcoholism affects everything. You know, like, were you able to not get high when you were working or did you get high when you were working? Let's put it, I'll put it this way. I, I'm not comfortable with really seeing much of the work I did before. Uh, really? I, I mean, I'm not saying I, you I was You did great loaded. work, though. Yeah, but I wasn't, I'm not saying I was, I was loaded, I, mm -hmm. I was there, whatever, but it's so like if NYPD you weren't loaded when example. you were there, you're exhausted. It, it was work, you know, it was work to, uh, to, uh, to try to uh, get up in the morning after having a, been on a two or three day run. And you're not clear, you're not present. And when I did NYPD Blue, I had been, I'm pretty sure I had been sober already. Oh, no, that started in 93, right? Well, it started in 93, but I didn't come on to the show until, until afterwards. I'm oh. almost positive. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at your IMDb. What were you doing back in the day when you were still using, let's see? What, like a series, because you had... You I didn't had, have had a series no? called oh. series, a short-lived series it's called Space Rangers. Okay. That's when uh, Deep Space Nine and Babylon mm. 5, same week they come out. Two out of three of them went, ours, uh, ours did not. But I think that shortly after that... Uh, so L you were doing L.A. Law, you were doing Lethal Weapon 2, you were on Roseanne, you were on Born of the Fourth of July. Right. You're doing all of this while you're still using. Well, but, at different stages of. I mean, was I out of my mind? Yeah. I don't. I don't think I was ever out of my mind. I was just Space a, Rangers, a, a, a lonely, lonely, lonely guy that everybody wanted to be around, and I liked being around them. Why did they want to be sure. around you? Well, I was. I was, was fun. I was a fun. I was a good guy. I never got into trouble. I would make sure that that uh, my buddies got home all right, and and I'd take their girlfriends and get them home, make sure they're right, and I'd go back home and I'd sit by myself for 15 hours at a clip. You didn't, have, you didn't have a wife or a girlfriend in those days? No. Mm. No. No! I was, well, I, I was, I, no. Not, not, not towards the end, but mm -hmm. my first wife and I had, had uh, gone our separate ways. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but no, I didn't have, uh, I mean, I had, I had, uh, uh, Chicks dug me, you know, and, and because I was this. Do, well, Jack. I know they do. They still and do. And that's another whole thing I should remind you about. I'm thinking about re uh, reviving this all girl band that I had. What? And the name of it was called Chicks Dig Me. Uh, <laughs> and guys say, why are you calling it that? I said, because they do. Uh, uh, at, at any rate, I, uh, I I didn't have a lot. To, I didn't have a lot to offer. I was I was I was lost. You know, I was lost. And there were but you things. had this career. You had this career. Yeah, whatever that what, was. What was, what, what was lost? People, a lot of people got careers. Uh, they lost. They lost. The drugs and alcohol had taken everything. Was was all I cared about. Did you have? You, did you have self-loathing? I mean, I. I oh yeah, yeah, of course. You must have. Yeah. You know, most that's that's hard for for most people to believe. But if you're not taking care of yourself, mm -hmm. if you're not staying in contact, if you're missing, if you're uh, if you're sh showing up at a at a uh, at one of your nephew's weddings after boasting to them two months before I'm coming back I'm going to put 500 in the envelope and I'm thrilled that you're going to be getting married and you show up in a rumple suit with 40 bucks in your pocket and your nose is bleeding mm. that's not the guy I wanted to, I, I was you know mm. and it wasn't until like it, it took what it took mm -hmm. uh, the, you know that uh, I I have a, was there was there a defining moment was there like a bottom, like a moment bottom, or was it just overall? 
I don't, I don't know that there was a, a, a bottom, one that I could, I could pinpoint. Mm -hmm. I could, I could tell you that uh, for, uh, for a guy who, uh, who had a deep, deep love for his, his parents mm -hmm. and his family, that a guy in 1987, I moved out to Los Angeles, and this is going back after, after doing some work on it. Mm -hmm. uh, that I moved out to Los Angeles in 1967, June 30th, and my mom passed away mm -hmm. on September the 19th, mm -hmm. three months later. Mm -hmm. To think about now, I've, I've done enough work where I'm okay with it, and she and I are okay, mm -hmm. that, that uh, the way I am about parents and my wife's uh, mom mm -hmm. and other people's parents and this, the stuff I, I, I do to, to try to help them come to terms with their losing their parents. To think that that guy would move out here three months after, before his mom died of cancer is mind-blowing to me. And that was, uh, I, uh, that, that was uh, one, one of the things that I think I found was uh, the, the self-hatred about how could I have done something like that. Were you coming for something specific or you were just coming? This is geographic. I was mm -hmm. coming for the business. Mm -hmm. Coming to Hollywood. You know, because I just wanted, I had to do something. I learned later on it was called a geographic. Because mm -hmm. wherever you are, they, you know, wherever you go, there you are. I moved from the Bronx, New York, to, to Hermosa Beach. That's quite a shift. 150 feet from the ocean. Mm -hmm. So so you were already successful when you did that. Well, I, I was... Yeah, I, I, you were making well, money. I, I made it, yeah, but only sporadically. I was on a fireman's salary that I just said, I'm done with. I didn't, I didn't get a pension out of that. I just resigned from there. So this was a big. So while, while you were doing, you were stay, you stayed in the fire department while yeah, you were doing, doing this, well, yeah. while you were doing TV work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And until I got until like a Turk One Eighty Two, a couple of small, mm -hmm. couple of small films. Did the guys in the fire? Did the, did, did the fire? Did the fire guys make fun of you? For oh yeah, they all broke my balls. Of course they did. <laughs> you know, first commercial I ever got was for Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheats. One of the heads of a two-headed giant, crunchy wheat, nicely sweet. I was. <laughs> I was, that. I was crunchy wheat. <laughs> and all the guys in the firehouse, they come in, they come in the firehouse, hey, McGee, you fat bastard. I saw you as the two-headed monster yesterday. Hey, the two-headed dragon, big deal. Until they found out how much, much money. <laughs> <laughs> because it was on Saturday mornings. If you know anything about kids' commercials on Saturday mornings, <clears throat> they made, I made probably on, on, uh, on that particular commercial alone, Four times the amount of money that I was making on the fire department at that time. So all of a sudden they found out the money I was making, then it wasn't that funny. Then they wanted me to get them an agent. Right. I said, yeah, that, like that's going to happen. But I had, you know, it's... Uh, at what point did you say, okay, I'm getting some work, I'm going to Hollywood? I mean, I know the thing with your mother, but what, what, what had happened that's, okay, I got I to gotta go. I got to go to L.A. It's time. Wow. Uh, the women... The women, the women, There's a recurring theme happening here. Well, the women come yeah. on the fire department. What? Oh, oh, not chasing skirts, but you mm -hmm. didn't like the women being. No, no I didn't. I didn't oh. like the women. Okay. What happened was uh, they didn't know what to do with it because the women had complained that they uh, that there weren't any women on the fire mm -hmm. the fire department, which is absolutely a, a legitimate gripe. Mm -hmm. But what they did is they gave them this, the test, mm -hmm. and then they gave them the. Uh, the physical test, which we all had to do, mm -hmm. that none of them passed. Most of the guys didn't pass it. Oh, wow. Because they had to eliminate. They had to get the, make it as hard as they could. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and the women brought them to court. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know what to do with this. So what they did is they just, they made a, they made a test specifically made for the women. Mm -hmm. And then they, uh, they, they didn't pass that. 
They made another one specifically mm -hmm. geared to us. They didn't make that. So not to no fault of the gals at all. Right. They didn't know what to do. They were caught in this whole uh, this whole PR thing, mm -hmm. not Puerto Rican, public relations thing. Where well, they you, just, you know, they you just and I put, know that PR they, thing. Nobody they, knows that out they there. They just put these girls on the job, yeah. and then all of a sudden, they sent, six months later, they sent 8,000 men at different times for three days of sensitivity training as opposed to doing it before they come on the job. Because what happened was there were guys, you know, they, you come in, you know, firemen, you come in, you're hanging out in the, bunch of knuckleheads hanging out in the back of a garage. There's a lot of guy stuff that's going on. Uh -huh. You put a gal into that, mm -hmm. and, 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 and for the most part, most of them, I guess, were, were fine, but to put a gal into that, and then to set down these, these rules where there'll be no more you know, foul language, there'll be no more, the, mm -hmm. there'll be no more the bathroom, this and that, and, and if, if you say anything, if they, and it some of the guys were jerks, well, they, they get themselves in trouble to be brought up on charges. So mm -hmm. I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. I didn't like what it was doing. Mm -hmm. So one day I said to the, uh, to the lieutenant, mm -hmm. uh, this guy Tom King, I said, Lieutenant, I said, I got uh, to come up and see you. So what's, what's the matter, Jackie? I said, I got to come up and see you. I got to fill out a, uh, a report, uh, a harassment report. He said, why? I said, well, because uh, Joey Giordano, uh, he called me a fat bastard. And I'm a little, I'm a little sensitive about my weight. So I want to, and he was all oh, like that. I said, no, Lieutenant, I want to fill out a harassment form. I wanted to make a point. Wow. And if you want to do this, yeah. why shouldn't. So then I became a little bit of a burr in the heel of some of the officers and some of the chiefs some of the guys that when I went to a fire one time mm -hmm. and one of the uh, one of the uh, something happened at the fire where I barked back at one of the covering captains a guy who I, I didn't even know mm -hmm. and the chief reprimanded me in front of the other men saying uh, in front of an audience he never should have done that he said to me uh, listen McGee you got to make a decision as to whether you want to be a fireman or an actor to which I said what the fuck would you know about either one of those? Oh my God. It probably was a good time for me to make a decision about doing something else because I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I couldn't keep my mouth shut when stuff wasn't right. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so that it made it easier for the transition. You know, yeah. I could have stayed there or and, and, and I could have I could have stayed for the full 15. I was there for 10. Because after 15, you get a pension. Mm -hmm. But I never even thought about it. I said, ah, this is time. The reacting stuff picked up. There was some opportunities. I had an agent that was moving out here, starting a new agency, that, uh, a, branch of, uh, a branch of a thing called Flick. It was a, it was a modeling agency in New York at one time called Click. Oh, and yeah, they were coming right. out. They're mm -hmm. coming out doing a agency called Flick. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Uh, so she was coming out to do that. I'd love for you to be one of my first clients out there. There'll be so many opportunities you won't believe. So that's when I, I made the move and I, I decided, all right, let's, let's make this change. I put in for a leave of absence uh, from the fire department for a year and knowing I wasn't going back. Mm -hmm. And once I got out of here, I started getting enough work and stuff that I- So when did life start to change? Like how, how long did it take till you were like in the groove and you're like making a living and it's steady. Oh, it was happening. It was happening pretty, right pretty much right away. Yeah, and and, and nothing earth shattering. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of credits. If you look at there's the if you look if you look credits. at the dates there, <clears throat> there are probably uh, maybe maybe three or four or five projects a year. 
There's a lot. There's, yeah, I'm seeing so enough, to, enough to bring in enough enough income that 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 you were okay. Uh huh. And uh, but then but then oh, Easy Streets. Uh, well, no, NYPD Blue was. Wait, when did you come on NYPD Blue? You didn't come on in '93. I have no you idea. Can't, okay, so Easy Streets you do in 1996 to '97. You, right. you have steady work. You're you're. Well, that was on. that was I was only reoccurring on that. Okay. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I work pretty steadily. It's kind of hard. To, I, I'm not complaining about this. It's the timeline. People, people say, hey, what year did you do that? I don't know what year it is now. Leave me alone what year it is. NYPD Blue, 1993 to 2002, you were working on NYPD Blue. Oh, on and off. Right. And okay. there wasn't, I wasn't a regular on that. Whenever okay. they were downstairs in the... In right. the uh, actually, I did four different roles on that show. Did I, you really? I, okay, and, uh, yeah, Botsko and, uh, and uh, Bill Clark... Uh, because uh, I, I, I remember the sergeants. I played a, I, the last three years. I played the, the desk sergeant right. downstairs, but I played a couple of the guys, warehouse guy, and another a couple of different things. So that, uh, but that might be the blue was uh, maybe twice, three times a year. I'd be on that, not a lot, but enough enough that it was. It, it, uh, but it, then once you were on it, mm -hmm. is that when life? When did life change for you? Oh, life changed well, before life that. Changed me was. On July the uh, on July the seventh, nineteen ninety five. Yeah, sober. Yeah, when I got so that's when everything changed. And I don't, rem you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's that's. How, how did that? How did how did that change in your life? And and something that I know about you that that means a lot to me is that you're still very devoted to your sobriety, and you still yeah. you still go to meetings, and you still work your program. Oh yeah, you still I, do your I, thing. I I I, I would better. Yeah, I go to five or six a week. I was Maybe because five this week. Where else am I going to go? Yeah. Where am I going to go? So I, these are the, the guys and girls that, that get me. Mm -hmm. They're the guys and girls I play. I play racquetball with. I hike with. I, I do different uh, activities. I'm going to see the Rascals next week with them. Uh, it's it's like I'm, it's it's a habit now. I just automatically go there. Mm -hmm. Do I need a meeting all the time? No. It's been a long time since so I ever said, oh man, I really need a meeting. I just I, I go to a meeting and mm -hmm. just to just to make sure that I keep the extension cord plugged in to make sure the light is still on to make sure I remember that this thing will always be broken when it comes to alcohol and drugs you know and uh, it's where I met it's where I met okay them. I was just gonna ask you so how did that happen I uh, uh, I got sober uh, and I was sober for a year on on uh, July the seventh nineteen ninety Six mm -hmm. and uh, uh, there was a there was a camp out a cocaine anonymous camp out the next month mm -hmm. up in uh, Sycamore Cove and I, I took a ride up there and uh, and that's where I met my wife I met my wife on the on the third of August mm -hmm. and I asked her to marry me on the nineteenth. Stop. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's a little alcoholic behavior right there. Yeah. <laughs> A little addict behavior. I, you know, and and, and, and you uh, made the right decision. Obviously, it's less well, quite a Well, she while. made the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there were a lot of girls lining up, and there still are. But uh, no, it's and I'm crazy you, about her now. The one I left. I, I can tell. Her. I mean, I see all the Facebook posts. Yeah. It's, it's obvious that it's not lip she's service. She's a great girl. And so, I'm only saying that because she's probably watching. <laughs> so, so how? So you met her at a camp out. Yeah, I met her at a CA camp out. You met her at a CA camp out. <clears throat> okay, so here you are, two sober people mm. who have addictive personalities. Mm. Obviously, you fall in love damn fast mm. for this to happen, right? Um, you're only like a year in. I'm a little over a year. So you just got the. And okay she was almost two. Even... 
Okay. Yeah, whatever the okay is. That, 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 that's just what they tell you. Yeah, so, well, I used to tell guys sometimes, hey, you know, I got a girl. Yeah, good. Let me know how it works out. Come to me when, if it works out. Come to me if it doesn't. It's just a suggestion. It is know? a suggestion that you wait a year and not... Yeah, because uh, you're, you're busy working on yourself and mm -hmm. trying to figure out what you want rather than get some other poor victim involved, you know. So had you already, like, done the steps and cleaned the wreckage of your past? I did, yeah. Well, I did, yeah. I did, yeah. All the steps. Yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not a thumper of that mm -hmm. stuff. I, uh, I stay as current as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. And sometimes my wife says to me, Can I say something to you as a fellow AA comrade? <laughs> but I hear it with a different set of ears now. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been together a long time and it's been the best. We're married for, for 22, 21 and a half years. Nice. And it's been the best 21 years of her life. <laughs> So do you guys do you guys do you guys program speak with each other? Do, do oh, is it is, yeah. is is a conversation different because you both have this Well we do it with a different set of ease when it even happens. You it know, doesn't we're around even, each other, so it doesn't even happen. You I know, love that. you know, uh, we, we know but and then also too if something comes up where one one of our noise noses gets pulled out of joint, uh, I she she'd be the first one to tell you I'm better at than she. I say, hey, what's going on here? Mm. Can we go back? Can we take a break and come back in and talk here in ten minutes and mm -hmm. see? See, uh, I'm gonna go home and talk to that guy that she was just in here, and then I'll come back in and say, you know, I don't know who that guy was when I just came in here uh, when I left here, but blah uh, blah blah, and, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it, we'll we'll clear it up, and that's what the intimacy that I always thought that I wanted. I used to confuse the intimacy with the intimacy, <laughs> but that's not the intimacy. It's a, it's about letting somebody in and letting somebody know that uh, that uh, you you have some stuff about uh, certain issues, and there hasn't been a lot. I we mean, never I'm raised our voices to each other in, in 2021. Wow, I really like that. You know, we, were you different before that? Before you got sober, were you were, were you a, did you ever raise your voice? You don't seem like the type. No, I, I didn't, because you're never going to out holler me. Uh, but I. I uh, I didn't know how to communicate. So this intimacy thing, I'm very interested in this. Is there a difference in you since going to meet, getting sober, going to meetings, hearing people share, sharing yourself? Are you a different Jack than you were before? Oh. Was that part of your deal before? I mean, would you tell your story before you got sober? Oh, no, because I didn't know what my story was. Mm -hmm. I, was still, I was still creating it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, Did you make drama before? You create because you don't seem like you. I, I don't know. I know, but I, I didn't. But I was a reactor. I think when when something didn't go my way, or I felt like I was being shunned, I would overreact. I mm. would, uh, you know, I would uh, I would uh, give somebody, give a girlfriend, a uh, a gal I was knocking around with, give her a car, an old car that was just, mm. but a car, a car, mm. and then I'd be heartbroken, crushed. When the first night she got the car, she took it out and she took, picked up her other boyfriend. I thought that was a little bit out of line, you know? But here the truth is, I knew, I knew this gal that I was, well, was, I knew she cared for me, but she didn't want to be tied down. And she told me. And I didn't hear that. I meet a girl and as soon as I meet her, the next day I'm putting my, la my last name after hers. You know? And I didn't know what was wrong with me. I didn't know what it was that, that it was, it was okay. How long did you know your first wife before you married her? 
Was it one of those quickies too? No, no, no. no. It was, it was a couple. Yeah, but that, I, I, you know, the, the, that was a gal that I, 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 when I look back at that, I really didn't love, mm -hmm. and she didn't love me. Mm -hmm. But uh, I had booked the church. Wow. And I booked the hall, so I didn't know how to tell anybody I made a mistake. And it has nothing to do with us. She and I had a, had a relationship where we both, it was toxic, it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, it was un untruthful, it wasn't honest, mm -hmm. there was drinking and using involved in that, mm -hmm. and it wasn't until later on I, I realized that I, I don't bad, I don't bad mouth her mm -hmm. at all, and I never really did. Mm -hmm. while, we, while we were in it, there was, there was stuff that uh, I still wasn't able to tell her what it was that, that, that was... Uh, that I, that I was upset with and what I couldn't, uh, I couldn't just uh, sweep under the rug. Mm -hmm. But that had nothing to do with her. Mm -hmm. Had to do with my own favorite subject, me. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. And once you get to take a look at yourself, you you get to you get to realize that the only person you can really change is yourself. Mm -hmm. Then you got to take a look. You, know, you get to take a look at that. And my wife. Uh, do you guys go to meetings together, or do you go? Separate? Yeah, we're at a meeting. Yeah. So I'm go separate. Mm -hmm. You know, she's she she has a group of gals and. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we don't we don't chat. You know, she'll she'll be doing her work and mm -hmm. and, uh, and and uh, and doing the, the stuff she Service has with the gals she has. Mm -hmm. And we uh, uh, there are people that are that we know for ten years. I have to say to us all the time, you guys are married. You know, because we'll go to a meal, we'll sit on the opposite end mm -hmm. of the hall, and we'll do whatever, and they'd see us together. Right. They could made assume, I just thought you guys were dating. <laughs> I said, well, well, we kind of are, you know. <laughs> but it's not, uh, uh, she, slappy is a piece of work. Where the slappy come from? She makes me slap happy. Aww. She makes Aww. me slap happy. I, I don't know what, what else to, yeah, she makes me, you know. And we're completely different. She's a little Jewish girl from... From Van Nuys, her parents were from the south, from the South Bronx. They drove out here, pioneers, in 1947, and bought property on Sherman Way near the 405. In fact, they they took some of their property away to make the 405. So wow. they've been out here that long. Steph was was born out here, very quiet. She was a psychiatric nurse for a lot of years, so I have in home care. <laughs> you know, and she has her own story too. And, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, she's uh, she's. She's 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 something else. Yeah. Sometimes she drives me a little nuts. Mm -hmm. You know, because well, be and she knows that I can't. She knows I have uh, absolutely. I have no backbone when it comes to her. I have nothing. I don't know how to say. I was gonna buy a house in Woodstock. So what right? happened to the goat? We'll see. Okay. Ice Man Cometh came along. That's sick. That takes eight months out of your life. Mm -hmm. If she wants to go back and revisit Woodstock and see where there's a place she wants to go. Now she made, I, now I've gotten to the point where I can say to her, right, I know you want to go, but before we go, sell our house here and relocate to the other end of the country mm -hmm. and go up and buy a place, six months after that, you're going to say, I'm done with the goat, I need something else, because she's moved me. Now we're, we're together 21 years, she's moved me five times. Oh. We have five different houses. That's why I have to get home pretty soon, because if I'm, if I'm gone longer than two hours, I go home and there's a Mayflower truck in front of my house. She yeah, likes to move. Well, the other thing you guys and should... I follow. You, the other thing... The other, oh, that's so sweet. The other thing you guys should do is spend like two winter months there before you sell your house. Well, that's what we talk about. Yeah. See, we wouldn't, we wouldn't stay there during the winter. Ah. No, no, no. Yeah. We'd go there and we, we'd get out of there. Yeah, yeah. And we know enough about that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't... You know, we're, we're romancing it, because it's a... At the age of 69, the next chapter of my life is, I don't need to be here in L.A. Mm -hmm. 
uh, would I like to have a piece of property where I could buzz around in an old beat up mower? And we saw a place there with, that had four acres, a pond, a 4,000 square foot barn that was incredible. That wow, running that's water huge. In it. it was an artist's barn mm -hmm. and a, 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 a farmhouse, mm -hmm. a 1,700 square foot farmhouse that needed some work. Mm -hmm. Four and a half acres. $569,000. That's unbelievable. It was mind-blowing. That's unbelievable. Now, with, with that, so, but you're also, you know, you got, you got, you know, and, and then the nice man coming came along. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of put that on the back burner. Now what we're saying is we could go back and rent back there before we buy. That's a good idea. You know, rather than yeah. sever all the ties with our, with our place here, because for what we can get here, we could buy that place we can buy four houses like that here mm -hmm. because of the real estate. But, you know, well, so we'll see. Right right now, we're just, uh, she says that she'll stay with me through Labor Day now. <laughs> I get these different holidays. <laughs> you know, she, she finds something better by Labor Day, she might be out She's a very sweet girl. Have, have you, you've seen pictures of her. I, I've met her. Oh, you have met her. I've yeah. been in rooms with her, yeah. actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. She's, uh, she runs my life. I have, you know, whatever she says, good. And she says, oh, honey, you always say that to people. I says, well, say that because it's true. It's true. Did, did, so does she travel with you when you, like, Oh, well, yeah. She, well, yeah. Like, she came back yeah. and forth. Yeah. She didn't like the winter. We know that. And I didn't like it. We went back in New York. Your man was down in, there were three nor'easters in, in, in Samantha was in New York this winter. It was cold. This, mm -hmm. that is just not right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then after that, then it was like a, a, a two or three weeks of springtime, and then it stunk. Yeah. It smells like urine there. So I don't, I don't ever have to go back and do a Broadway show. Really? No, I did it. It was great. And I'm not minimizing that, saying, oh, I don't have to go back. They're probably not going to ever ask me, because um, I'm never going to work again. Uh, but if it, it would really, it would really take a lot, because uh, it, it, it was a, it was an incredible experience. Over 300 people that I know uh, came to see it. People from the rooms out here that happened to be coming back to New York. Mm -hmm. My uh, uh, family members back. 300 people it was overwhelming. Every night was a different, different. Maddie, experience. we have to say hi to Maddie out there. Who, Maddie Beltrami? That's right. We got to say hi to Maddie. Do you know Maddie? I do know. Oh, Maddie. She's a writer, right? Yeah, she's having. Maddie a, used to come here. Yeah, she's having a thing on, uh, on Saturday night at her house. She's doing a thing, a backyard concert series. Oh yeah. Oh good. And she's having some friends there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see her. She came Andy there. and Renee. Yeah. Yeah, Andy, I know, Andy, I know Andy, from Andy, Andy. Andy. Yeah, they right, played I think, here. I think we talked about yeah. that. Andy, they Andy. did play here. Yeah, from I think Maddie introduced me to them, and yeah, they played here. They're, oh, they're lovely. Yeah. All right, so before so before we go, there's two things I want from you. I want a song, but before I get a song, I, I want to know about Rescue Me because it, it, life changing for people like me. No, no television, no movie, no anything has ever depicted the truth like that about addiction. And, and, and attempts at recovery. So was everybody, what was going on there? Like people had to like really know, the writers had to really know what they were doing to write that stuff. The, I mean, it was so authentic. Mm. The, the, the learning how to pray, you know, Dennis learning how to pray, not being able to pray mm. and not being able to meditate and mm. getting to those places and then everybody going out and, and coming bit back in and going out mm. and coming in and. All of it was so authentic. Mm. Um, were a lot of you, were a lot of people on the set addicts? Uh, I, I think that I, I, I can't speak for, for mm. uh, that uh, 
anything specifically, but there were a few cast members that, that were in the program. I, and I, I, you know, and Dennis, uh, at that time, I don't know whether he was uh, acting in, in, the, in, the, in the program or not, but I know that uh, Lenny Clark, a good friend of his, mm -hmm. his had been, uh, has been uh, uh, taking care of himself for a long time. So he knew people around him that knew the subject matter. Right. You know, uh, and uh, so, so the, there was a, they were educated about it, how they how they brought it uh, brought it about, and and the, the truth is I I have to be uh, be honest that after after I left I stopped watching it because it wasn't you know it was it was uh, there was it, it was on it was it was on some of my inventory uh, at that whole uh, period, mm -hmm. but uh, what was amazing about it and you get to apply the uh, the the recovery program the twelve steps to it. That even though I was angry about it, about getting left and getting dropped and feeling embarrassed for no reason at all and not knowing why and being resentful, <clears throat> when I got to get through and past the hurt and got into the solution mm -hmm. and then got into the gratitude, I wrote Dennis a letter thanking him mm -hmm. for giving me the opportunity to play the character that I played that, and, and, and thanked him for the great storylines. Mm -hmm that I was able to have on there with, with my son who was gay, mm -hmm. which came out of a, a conversation with Peter Tolan and myself because we talked about my brother Tom, uh, who was gay, and my, my father. And uh, uh, my, my dad was crazy about my brother Tom, but he came from an era where they didn't, he didn't know how to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So when I started this, uh, having this conversation with Peter Tolan, I two love weeks Peter, later, Peter, oh, I, Peter's the best. And, and Peter's d not sober. Like, I don't know how he wrote all that stuff. He's Peter. No, he's, 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 he's an army. He knows, yeah. 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 And uh, so two weeks later is when all this stuff started being written about. about uh, wow. The, the, having all the, off having the conversation. Oh. Yeah, just that brief conversation. Mm -hmm. and, and the, uh, to this day, the, the gay community, when, when they happen to remember or recognize mm -hmm. me from that show, mm -hmm. are so appreciative about the fact about that storyline address the father, son, and then the other story And the wife. With the wife with Alzheimer's. Yeah. Where that come from? Did, did I don't know where that uh -huh. came from. I know that uh, it That uh, was very powerful. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it very was, time that my father passed from Alzheimer's. I'm very my time. Brothers, yeah, every, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we've all had people that have, uh, mm -hmm. that have had that. And, uh, and uh, it, it was... Uh, that was that storyline absolutely yeah, killed me. Having to Just, put, having to put her in the thing and mm -hmm. and yeah. So it, uh, and long story short, uh, the process happened. Recovery happened mm -hmm. for me during that. Recovery happens to me on a daily basis mm -hmm. if I'm willing to take a look at myself, mm -hmm. my partner, and all that kind of that. I will let you. I don't want to turn this into meaning because then all of a sudden you can say, thanks for sharing. <laughs> thanks for sharing. You know. you know, they only clap here. I'm going back to New York. No clapping in New York. Although there's a place called the 46th Street Clubhouse. Yeah. Have you been before? I know. Second floor of 46th Street, the best joint. Really? All right, I'm going to check it out. What it said on the wall, one of the, uh, the stencils it had on the wall was, it's not so much that the load is heavy, it's how we carry it. Mm -hmm. It's a great, it's great. You know. I'm on the little room on 96th Street. My uh, oh yeah, the little, little holy wall down and down in the yeah, corner. Yeah, down downstairs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Dubai, you know Jimmy? <laughs> no, Jimmy Bias. I've given his name. Um, yeah. So, uh, um, so you, so you done? Is this a seven and a half hour show? So, so we're we're wrapping. So, so you've done you've done Broadway. You've done all this stuff. Is there anything? 
Is there anything you haven't done that you'd still love to do? Like, how about a Netflix series or something? Is that oh, all you want? Oh, I work I do. Oh, of course, in a minute. I'll go, I'll go out. If somebody called tonight, and I'll wait by the phone, if somebody called tonight and said, hey, do you want to come in and give me a day? I got a gal that just, uh, I met, she came to see the show with her, with her husband. Mm -hmm. And I worked with her on, on a silly show. I forget what the name of it was. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, she came, she was in New York, she came to see the show. She mm -hmm. just she used to send me a text saying, and, and it's, it's, it's absolutely delicious. She, uh, she, uh, she, she said to me, uh, I, I, I know this is asking a lot, blah, 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 this. Oh, Jesus. Oh, 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 oh. oh, this is a dog. No, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, Jesus. What are you what doing? I, hold on a second. I'm, I'm taking your show over. He's, 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 he doesn't know how to use his no, cell phone. No, no, I, I do know how to use mine, but I'm not that. As an actor, I can play somebody who knows how to use it. So, here. As an actor, you Here's the know. Jack, my friend Carla Krakowski, Krakowski and I have written a web series, and we're wondering if you'd be willing to play my father. We'd need you for two two days, October second, October fifth. And since you're such a big, we're such we're such uh, big Hollywood producers, we can't pay you a dime, <laughs> but we promise to feed you well and treat you very nice. It's a ba 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 all this stuff. So this is the kind of stuff that you get once in a while. And you know what? And, he, and do my, you do it? Oh, I'm gonna probably oh, do it for you because I got mine already. Mm -hmm. You know, not, not only not only this this the icing on the cake with the Broadway show. It's important for me mm -hmm. to be part of this this gal's dream of 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 your daughter's dream. If somewhere down the line, one day say, hey, one day you might maybe you could. Well, yeah, of course, and go because a lot of guys. That's the juice, I to see that. And here at the time when you go on these things, they're like really, really uh, just thrown together. They're learning, mm -hmm. you know? So you get, to, you get to be part of something, be part of somebody else's dream, you know? That's a and a lot of guys thing. in this business say, well, you know, if I don't get my quote, I'm like, well, what are you doing Thursday anyway? Go out, go to work. You might meet a couple of young kids. You might meet some guys who knows one of them might eventually be, uh, be hit. It's, it's, do you, do you sponsor, do you mentor? In life, like I have guys that I, I mentor mm -hmm. in, in the rooms. Mm -hmm. I don't really. I'm not a rigid, uh, big. I'm mm -hmm. not a thumper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing like that. But I get them. I get. I get them to come play. Uh, play uh, uh, softball. I get them mm -hmm. to go out and golf. I get them to play racquetball. Get them to hike with me. Let them know that after they, uh, after, uh, after uh, you become, you make a change in your life and you come into recovery. That's when really the life begins. Absolutely. And that's important to me. So absolutely. I started my book. Uh, Stephanie wrote. Um, hi, she wifey did? here. She says, hi, wifey here. Oh, so say hi to Hi, say honey, how are you? <laughs> I swear to God, I said a lot of good things about you. You know that already. She knows that already. So before, you have to, you have to, you have to sing a few bars for me. You, I'm not letting you go until you sing a few bars for me. I don't care what it is. I can sing something to my wife. Oh, sing something to your wife. Darling, you, baby, you send me. I know you, you send me. Darling, you, you send me, honest you do, honest you do, honest you do, whoa, whoa. At first I thought it was infatuation, ooh, girl, it lasts me so dang long. Now I find myself wanting to marry you and take you home, whoa, whoa. Is there a musical in the future? Would you do? Would you do something where you got to sing? Oh yeah, I sure love to sing. 
Maybe we'll see. There's something about being up with a band and bam, bam, do that, do, and then but you put me in front of somebody with a piano, and that's all. I turn into alfalfa. Because oh. <laughs> I'm petrified. I've been promising myself, and I actually made an appointment with my good friend Chrissy Guerrero, who's a wonderful gal and a, and a, a trusted friend, to go and take some voice lessons so I can learn a little bit more about uh, uh, theatrical. We have somebody. Singing. We have somebody to tell you about. Yeah. Jimmy Smagula. Jimmy um, Smagula left the brothers on the door. He said, "Sonny, come out to the country." <laughs> He, uh, Billy Joel's drummer is going to be on the show next week, Liberty DeVito in New York. Yeah? Yeah. But, um, but Samantha's uh, took lessons with Jimmy Smagula, and he did seven Broadway shows, musicals. He's out here. He, I'm telling you, he's the guy. Yeah. He's the guy who changed her voice. He's, yeah. he's amazing. Great. Yeah, he's fabulous. And I'm not, you know, I have to, I'm going to do with this friend of my friend, because I don't know how much, And she learned how to sing the song. She didn't have right. that's what this gets. He, he teaches he teaches you how to do the warm up so that you can right. get there. Right. But then but then you sing the songs. She right. wasn't singing all that other right. stuff. Right. She right. would never. No, I'd like to learn how to sing. Get, take a Broadway uh, song and and learn how to sing it. There's there's, uh, there's Steve Pasquale. Yes, have you heard of Steve Pasquale? Mm-hmm. I mean, I worked with him for those years. I just look at him now, and I wrote to him. I was, have you listened to him? I, I don't think so. Have I'll I? Play you something. Yeah, play me something. Well, play it, something with, with the, the, the duet that he does with that gal from Bridges of Madison County. Okay. Kelly O'Hara, is she in that? Yeah. Yeah. What's her name? Kelly O'Hara. Mm. One, uh, one second, is it, I think the name of the song is One Second. You'll see yeah. it. You pull it up on YouTube. Mm. And Kelly O'Hara. I was absolutely blown away. Wow. I mean, blown away. I, I, I bet you I've gone back with the earphones on and over in the in the computer and, and listened to that ten times in the last three weeks. Wow. Because Steph said to me, how do you know Steve Pasquale really has a great voice? And I read it to her. I read it to Steve back at, the, at a club back in, in New York. We, we exchanged pleasantries, but I hadn't seen him in a long time. And Mike Lombardi. I don't know if any of them are working. Any of those other guys from Rescue Me are working. So it's not, you guys haven't stayed in touch and... No, yeah. you don't stay you, in you touch don't, in the business. Yeah, no. You want to, but you don't stay in touch. The only ones that really we've stayed in touch somewhat mm -hmm. are uh, uh, the, from the McCarthy's. Laurie Metcalf and Joey Mac, Joey McIntyre. That's and, pretty good company. Oh, yeah, they're very, very sweet. In fact, Laurie was in the, in the play you, right next show right next I, Did you go see? Did oh, you, I saw yeah. Three Tall Women, yeah. Yeah. I heard Linda Jackson. My, I... I oh. God, it's close. I want. I wanted yeah. to go so badly. They're yeah. gone. Yeah. And then, then Glenda's going to do uh, Glenda. Glenda's going to do. Uh, Is she a friend? Oh, we got to hang out. Yeah, she's great. She's what great. A, what a what, what a, a woman. Career. What a woman. What a woman. Yeah. And she's going to do King Lear next oh. year. Come back to Broadway. Scott Rudin is going to produce it. Oh. that's that's what the word is. Samantha's Shakespeare teacher at NYU. This summer was Shakespeare in the Park. He was he was Othello. Yeah, he played Othello in Shakespeare in the Park. Did you see him? I did. She's in the rain, she sat in the pouring oh, rain. He was yeah. killing Desdemona and crying over her body in the pouring rain. It was right. amazing. Yeah. 
Well, that's when that, that's when that bitch should have been killed. <laughs> stab her, baby, stab her. But which get, I, I have to give a shout out to Pete to Pete George. This this guy, um, I didn't know who he was. I guess he's been a headlining comedian for thirty years. He right. played. He also is a rock. He's the rock star of comedy. He, he plays music also, and he did this jewelry. This he did. Look at this. This guy is brilliant. This is his stand-up act and his music, and you stick it in your computer, and it's a piece of jewelry. He made this, right? This That's is. Pretty he made this one. He made this. He's fantastic. But what this guy did, um, Anson Williams was on the show a couple weeks ago, and Anson's one of my mentors. He's been very wonderful to me. I love him, and he's trying to help me figure out how to get this thing n not out of the living room, just to more so more people are seeing it. And so he said, Vicky, if you make a list of every person you know. Somewhere on that list, something's gonna get you. Gonna you, something's gonna click. He said, "You're one degree away. You just need a little help." Right. And this guy, Pete George, contacted me the next day and he said, "I want to be one of those people." Okay. And he had coffee with me this week and he made out calls on my behalf, sending emails out on my behalf, hooking up an article on my behalf, just like a good person. Right. And it's like you were saying, you know, what are you doing on Thursday? Why can't I go do your little thing? Right? right? So he gives back, and yeah. it's just a lovely thing. And it's because, yeah, in order to keep it, you got to give it away. Hello. Are we I mean, almost done we're, here? We're done. Jesus <laughs> Christ, I have to, I'm 69 years old. I have to go to a bathroom. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jeff. I adore you. Thank you, and good luck at NYU. Thank you. And don't sleep around in New York. What we do, don't tell your mother. Oh, don't tell, don't tell your mother. I was doing much worse. I was Easy. Much worse. <laughs> Easy. So anyway, we'll see you uh, next week from New York City um, with Liberty DeVito of the Billy Joel Band forever and ever. He always the Billy Joel in New York. Okay. Well, we'll be there, and uh, we'll see you from there next week on the road. Take and see you then. Thanks, Samantha.